Oh, hey, y'all. This is Confidently Free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you are listening to another episode of the, the Becoming, Becoming One, One Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I hope y'all are doing amazing today. Welcome back for those who've been rocking with us. And hello for our first time visitors. What up? So, Travis Nathaniel Miller Sr., how you doing on today? Uh, I'm pretty aggravated right now. Oh. But I think that's just, well, I know that's just work stuff. Mm-hmm. You got indecisive people that have been going back and forth, and it's just a lot. So, a whole, whole lot? Yeah. Mm. Rusty poles. Terrible. I understand. I'm sorry that they're making you have a, a stinky day. Nobody likes stinky days. I mean, I don't really have an issue with the work. Just, I just don't, you know, what I do is very precise. So if I ask a question, I need precise answers. And you know what I mean? It's just, if you, I, I don't know. I just don't like indecisiveness. That makes sense, though. You know, just pick pick something and go with it. Right. So you can get what you need to get done. Right. Don't take, don't waste my whole day. Right. Like you got all the time in the world. Don't nobody yeah. want, want wanting to be working past business hours. Right. So shoot. It's one thing if there's like that much to do, but if there's not that much to do and it's just wasting the day away, that's something else. Right. I feel you. Well, y'all, guess what we about to do? I am about to hit you with the quote of the day. Of the day. Because that's, that's what, what I, I do. do. I, I hit you with quotes. quotes. Got a hater in the room. <laughs> Anywho, so this quote says, "I wanted a perfect ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems don't rhyme and some stories don't have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Life is about not knowing, having to change, taking the moment, and making the best of it, without knowing what's going to happen next." Delicious ambiguity. That quote is by Gilda Radner. I'll read it again. This quote says, I wanted a perfect ending. Now I've learned the hard way that some poems don't rhyme and some stories don't have a clear beginning, middle, and end. Life is about not knowing, having to change, taking the moment, and making the best of it without knowing what's going to happen next. Delicious ambiguity. That quote is by Gilda Radner. Thoughts. Excuse me. There's y'all. Um, I like it. I'm, I'm not sure if my mind went to what she was thinking about, but the first thing I thought about was like when people get into these or they want to get into relationships and they have this idea oh when i'll know he's the one because we just mesh right away there's no anxiety phase there's no you know what i mean and they mm-hmm. go off on this tangent of how it's going to be and really what you're doing is creating this like fairy tale in your mind of how things are going to be mm-hmm. and then as soon as it doesn't match exactly how you thought it would be it was oh it wasn't right 
it wasn't right. He wasn't the one or she wasn't the one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That type of thing. And in reality, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Getting into relationships is scary because you don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You just have to trust that whatever happens is going to be good for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or even going into marriage and picking a partner it's like you know i don't think we're where i want to be in marriage or in a marriage like that's how you could think about it mm-hmm. right or you could go into it like well we're, we may not be where we want to be but this is who i'm going to build this life with yeah so and even that's an unknown so it can be scary yep but things don't have to be perfect to be perfect if that makes sense it does and the whole quote it just it it spoke to the poet in me i really appreciated it and i've never heard anyone use the phrase delicious ambiguity for those who don't know ambiguity means the quality of being open to more than one interpretation inexactness for the most part so just being open to so many different interpretations of what an ending could be what an experience could be like versus i need it to go exactly this way to have this ambiguity is almost a a sense of kind of going with the flow or just kind of being okay with whatever happens so to speak and i feel like a lot of times in life that's really hard to do it's really hard to sit in that seat so I appreciated the quote because it spoke to the poet in me and it's been a minute. So, And even the fact that, you know, uh, there's a lot of people that get married in college, right? Mm-hmm. Like I was still in college when we got married. When we first got married, my goal was uh, engineering. Yeah. Graduating and getting a job doing engineering, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how now we've always said that we want to be able to live off of one income mm-hmm. but what that actually looked like or what that actually looked or is looking, looking like, like is completely different than what was envisioned right. from the start mm-hmm. and that's what i think is so beautiful in terms of just opening up your mind to being okay with people changing right because i think when folks sit in that seat of this is the person, this is not the person I married. This is not who you, you're not who you were when I first met you. When you get so set in this concept of familiarity, you prevent yourself from being open to what something can become, right. what something can grow into and blossom into, and what you can really build. So I appreciate the fact that we are at least both of that mindset of change is is not scary change is not a bad thing so when we first started down this like marriage road Mm -hmm. i remember telling you that i'm not going to be the same person that i am today um but i will be better Mm -hmm. and i think that's just been on the forefront of my mind yeah ever since it's like i don't want to be the same person that I was. I don't want to be the same person I was last year. Oh, yeah. You know? I get that. I definitely don't want to be who I was, what, almost six years ago now. Hmm. So, change is good. Yeah. You just have to 
decide that it's going to be a change for good. Yeah. You know, I believe for me, I personally believe that, and this is my core value Mm -hmm. and it's how I try to shape everything that happens around me. I believe that everything, I literally believe that everything is working out for my good. Mm -hmm. Period. I was just talking about that earlier. So no matter what it is, it's working out for my good. Mm-hmm. Or there, another way to put it would be something good is going to come out of it. Yeah. So, uh, because there's some things that just hurt and some things I'm still dealing with. You know, I'm still dealing with even losing people mm-hmm. who I've loved in my life. But out of losing them, something good was birthed in me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's how I take it. Change is good. You just have to find the good in it. And you know, when I was talking to my friend on the phone earlier, I was tapping into the unseen future that I didn't know would be so relevant to today. I said, you know, two years ago, almost two years ago when Atara was born, I think one of the biggest changes for me was just this concept of being a stay-at-home wife, stay-at-home mom. That was never something that I pursued. That was never something I desired to be. I saw myself being. It was something that just, it was like a sweater that I did not want to wear, but I knew I had to put it on anyway, like an itchy Christmas sweater. It was like, ugh. I remember you went into like cookie cutter mode. Yeah, like I did. came home, there was like all these I like after out. school snacks it and was stuff. Crazy. I was like, Monet, what are you doing? What are you getting these things? Well, in my mind, it was like, I don't know what to do, so let me just kind of mimic this model as closely as possible because right. this is not what I do. I don't know how to do this. Right. Um, and even now, I'm, I'm getting, I'm working through this concept of, you know, be, being confident and knowing that I can do fill in the blank. But yeah. anyway, um, and so I was just saying, like, this is not something I envision myself doing. But fast forward two years ago, and here we are, you know, the school year is starting in five weeks. And um, just knowing how different things could pan out, like, if we were living off of two incomes, and we were living our life as though and paying bills off of those two incomes... So, sorry y'all, something happened with our audio. So. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> we I'm glad we caught it when we did. So basically what I was saying was, um, if I was still working, I don't know how we would have managed all of these different changes, especially when we're, we would have been living off of two incomes. We would have had to get very creative because when COVID hit back in March and it became like a huge deal finally, you know, daycare centers were closing, schools were doing a different thing, they were closing, everybody was distance learning. So TJ was in pre-K, thankfully, but if he was like in second or third grade or something, I'm not sure how we would have managed this virtual learning. I don't know how we would have done with three kids suddenly being, you know, thrown it. Well, the other two would have already been in daycare, but adding another one into the daycare mix or one of us having to stay home or something crazy. We would have had to adjust basically. Yeah, it would have been been kind of crazy. Hectic adjustment. Right. But since we're on the subject of that, um, so today, Governor Cooper, 
He um, basically held a press conference to talk about what school is going to look like in the fall for North Carolina. So real quick, I'm kind of going to go over what the three plans were that were thrown out of what school could potentially look like. There's plan A, plan B, plan C. So I'm going to read plan A. Plan A will require all students and staff to return to school for in-classroom learning. This is the least restrictive plan and the one most similar to school openings in prior years. Health and human services requirements will be followed, including health screenings and temperature checks for students and staff and social distancing in hallways and common areas. Symptom screenings and health attestations? I don't know what that is. I think that's just basically people telling you that they got symptoms will be required for use of school transportation. Do you want me to respond like as it's saying, or do you want me to go back and wait until you say all three? Right whenever you feel like. So the this one is they basically just go back to school with temperature checks, right? Yep. Everybody's just going back to school as normal. And honestly, this this has like a, a asterisk by it, mm-hmm. but I would not have an issue with that. Okay. If America did like an actual quarantine, if they handled their business like they were supposed to, and wore their big girl pants back in March, and we wouldn't be sitting here with this right. shit. Like there was, I can't remember what where it was, but um, there was places that they literally everybody just stayed home for probably New Zealand is six weeks, about. right? Mm-hmm. And then people were they weren't losing their apartments or mortgages just mm-hmm. because they put a pause on those payments. Yep. You know, and it's not like people if if you're if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Right. Um but if you would have it under normal circumstances, just put a pause payment, maybe back the payments up two months or whatever. You're, you're, it's not like you're not gonna get paid for the for the uh what you're owed. Right. Well, some people like doulas, for example, doulas have been having a very, very hard time because they're not allowed in the hospital. So they literally aren't working and it's hard for them to apply for unemployment because it's like, well, technically I run my own business. Well, I'm, but that's what I'm saying for everybody. Just put a pause payments on basically all of it. Mm-hmm. I understand. You know, you'll have to buy groceries and stuff, but for your credit cards, your um, if you have credit cards, if you're not like upside down or whatever, you can maybe you could live off of that. I don't recommend it, but uh, maybe you could live off of that. Mm-hmm. But it just six weeks, yeah, give us six weeks, six weeks. of everybody just chilling. Mm-hmm. You know, it let's not con- people are stuck on the uh, not believing it's real or yada yada. I've had two friends already, they've had it. One of them is a uh, high risk, mm-hmm. so the junk is real. Like I was, I was with him through, not with him, but because he's back in Michigan, but I was there for him through the process. Mm-hmm. The junk is real, so if everybody would have stayed home for six weeks or whatever the the time frame is for two cycles of the COVID bacteria or whatever the virus, mm-hmm. right? And then it disappears. Like, I wouldn't have a problem with people just going back to yeah. to normal. But that's not the case. Like, people are having all these COVID parties, mm-hmm. still at the beaches, still everywhere doing whatever they want to do. Um, so, 
if we were like if if now there was a quarantine from now until school mm-hmm. and then everything disappeared okay cool yeah let's let's go back let's go back to what it was usual. Yeah. yeah so but that's not the case so I'm not with I don't agree with number one okay or A so let's let's read plan B under plan B all students will participate in a mix of in-classroom and remote learning for an operational and academic standpoint, this plan will enable the student, the most students to have a balance of in-classroom and remote learning while maintaining student and staff health and safety. All pre-K through eighth grade students will attend in-classroom learning Monday through Friday during their designated week, followed by two weeks of remote learning. One third of each grade will attend their assigned schools in A week. A different one third will attend in B week and the remaining one third will attend during C week. So you're in school for two weeks out of a month? Basically, yeah. One on, two off, one on, two off. And that's just for pre K through eighth grade. Uh-huh. Students in grades nine through eleven will have an A B C schedule attending in classroom learning Monday through Thursday during their assigned week, followed by two weeks of remote learning. These students will have remote learning on the Fridays of their assigned in-classroom weeks. Grades 12, well, 12th grade students will attend in-classroom learning one day each week. These students will participate in remote learning on all days they are not in the classroom. Say that last part again? Mm -hmm. So basically 12th graders, you go to school one day every week and for the rest of the days you're remote learning. Because they are able to stay at home. They're supposed to be responsible enough to be able to stay at home. I don't know if that's the logic. um, But it may just be... That might play a part into it. Um, But I think at that point, they probably think the younger students need the most in-class, face-to-face interaction. They definitely do. Because they're still learning everything. Like, they don't right. even know how to say they're Y's or <laughs> L's or, or whatever. Like, even with, when um when they talk certain words that don't agree with each other. Yeah. Like, her went to, you mean she went to. Right. Good Lord. Yeah. But, now, well, I'm going to let you respond to that. Because I actually, I know what he said during the press conference. So, I'm going to let you respond to that. What you think about that. Plan B. There's, I don't think that there's really a good solution to what we have. Mm -hmm. So Plan B seems, so far, it seems like the most sensible Mm -hmm. one. Uh, I think from when when I heard like the two week break that they have, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're trying to do like the give it two weeks so that if you're in class. And you've had the virus, then you have two weeks to get rid of it. This was, but the teachers, it'll be the same teacher, teachers in the class the entire time. So if the virus is there and the kids have it and the teachers have it, then the teacher is spreading it to the rest of the people. So then from that standpoint, I don't see what the purpose of the two week break would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I really feel sorry for these teachers. They don't oh, get yeah. they don't get paid enough to deal with all no, this BS. Don't. And I'm gonna I'm gonna 
talk about that in a minute after we go through all of these and I tell you what they actually said to the press conference because I do have something to say about that. So that's plan B. Plan C will offer a remote learning environment for all students with all staff assigned to remote instruction. No student or staff will be in CMS facilities or use CMS transportation. CMS plans to robust remote learning experience using best practices learned in the fourth quarter of the last school year. <laughs> they said robust. That's what they said. Uh, so they they uh, so they think it really worked, huh? That remote well, learning, I, learning. I don't know if they think that it worked. The wording is so hilarious to me. But this is my thing. If this is what if if Plan C was was a viable option, you just made the decision on what you want to do today. So you have to take into account there were some students who at the end of the year last year were on the struggle bus because their only use of technology at home might have been a parent's broken smartphone with a cracked screen. Right. Some people might have a laptop at home, but it may just be one. And what do you do when kids are in third grade, eighth grade, and 12th grade, and then you have a parent who also works from home? How do you divvy up the time on a laptop? How do you even accommodate that? Right. So there's all of these other hurdles, and some people don't even have this stuff. And then you talk about passing out tablets and whatnot. I mean, in theory, I hear what you're saying. They ain't got no money for no tablets. That's my thing. So how do you make that work? And I'm going to just keep it there before I go off on the other tangent. But yes, those those are your three options. So if you had to pick one, which one would you pick? B by far. Okay. So this is what he said at at the press conference. He decided that the state of North Carolina would go with plan B. But he gave the school districts the autonomy to choose Plan C if they deem their population necessary to go with Plan C. But see, this goes right back to why I'm annoyed. Like when you asked me how I was doing, I said, I was, did I ask you how you were doing? You didn't, but I'm fine, actually. Okay. I'm, you know, the kids, but I'm actually good. Okay. So, but this goes back to when I said I was annoyed, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody's making a decision. Mm-hmm. It's like you make it, you make a decision, but then it's, oh, well, I don't want to be the one who, you know, people blame for X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I don't want, you know, this is what I think, but if you guys want to, you know, go ahead and do what you want to do. (laughs) No, like the leader makes it a leader, an appointed leader makes a decision and then good or bad, he'll take the blame. Now. This is what I think. I think the reason that he said it that way was to give comfort to the parents who don't feel comfortable sending their kids back to school at all, period. So I think he made it that way. So that way, if there's a district where there's an abundant amount of parents who don't want to send their kids at all, like let's say there's 75% of people who don't want to send their kids back. They're probably thinking, okay, this is a big majority of our student population. We might as well do remote learning versus have 25% of these kids in the classroom plus these teachers. What good is it to have a teacher there and they're only teaching four kids? It doesn't make sense, though, because you could just as easily have said that this is what we're doing for B. But if you would like to have your kids at home, that option is as well as that option is added on to B. So you don't have to bring them in every, you know, twice a month, two mm-hmm. weeks out of the month. You could have your child at home, but 
this is what the rest of the school district is doing. That could all be one option. He basically, that basically was the option. He just tacked on, you know what, if districts want to do C, go ahead. No, he made it, but when you word it like that, you're either saying that you can do all of one, or this is how I interpret it, Mm -hmm. is that you either do everybody is remote learning, Mm -hmm. or you're there for two weeks out of the month. Mm -hmm. Instead of, we have you here for two weeks out of the month, but if you're not comfortable with that, then you have the option of remote learning. I mean, he said it nicer than the way I said it. All I'm saying is that it doesn't, rem, the remote learning part is, is, is not working. Mm-hmm. At least for, from what I see, especially with like TJ mm-hmm. and I guess his kids, his age. Yeah, it's not. Like what? Just watching a couple of videos. I, it doesn't. I can give you that interaction that a kid his age. It helps his social development. Right. Like, what's the purpose of of being enrolled in the public school system? If like the if the information that you're doing for remote learning could really be found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like is. <laughs> and that was a lot of complaints that a lot of parents made. But there's two folds to this. So some parents are basically saying that, well, you know, I can't, I absolutely cannot do it. There was one woman who was saying that like she's pregnant and she already has like an 18 month old and then she has like a first or a third grader. And so this particular kid, I think was like gifted or something, tested as like academically gifted and whatnot. And so distance learning would not work for this child. She's gifted. She needs that extra stuff that they offer. She needs that extra push that they offer in the classroom. So she was worried that her daughter would basically fall behind because she tested as academically gifted and talented. And so to not be in this environment that is conducive to a gifted child, she was concerned that her daughter would fall behind not being back into the school system. And her trying to teach her from home based on the curriculum that they would send home would not accommodate this particular child's giftedness. Now, if the mom could cultivate her own thing, which she had done, I guess, already, then that would be cool. But when you have to abide by the way that the school system wants you to do, when it's just the standard stuff, that kid's not going to thrive. So you have parents over here who have that mindset or parents who are like, I work. I cannot continue to do this you know, distance learning. My kid is not old enough to be by themselves. They have to go back to school because if I don't work, we don't eat and we have nowhere to live. But then you got people on the other end of the spectrum who are like, absolutely not. I will do whatever it takes. I'm not sending my kid back to this school. Not doing it. I will pull them and homeschool them if I have to. Then you have teachers, bless their hearts. Teachers are on both ends of the spectrum too. Some of them are like, I, I will not be your guinea pig. It's not safe to open back up. I shouldn't have to choose between my job and my safety, my health. I shouldn't have to choose like that. And it feels, it almost feels like they're pretty much throwing their throwing teachers to the wolves, so to speak. Yeah, teachers they they aren't equipped to do this. No, and then even with the little kids, like to to require. Oh, that was something else. So everybody from kindergarten all the way through um, high school, and everybody on campus working, whatever school you're at, everyone has to wear a face mask. And now, one thing that someone pointed out, they said, younger kids are still learning facial expressions. So if you have a face mask on and you're reading to a group of kindergartners and you're reading a story and it's supposed to be like a surprise or a scare, 
or angry or whatever the case might be, they can't see your facial expression through the mask. Right. So, and then, do you really expect kindergartners to keep a mask on all day? They won't. But, and then the governor, the governor also made it a point to say that they would be providing five masks for everybody, um, for, for going back to school, reusable, washable masks. And someone made the comment, well, that's only going to last two weeks. And then someone else said, no, no, no. These are washable face masks. They said, well, yeah. But when, when you have little kids, do you really expect them? Like, I can buy a coat and send it to school and somehow a kid will lose the coat. You really think this is a kindergartner or first grade going to keep up with a face mask? Kids aren't going to wear the face mask. That's just. They'll have one, but they'll leave it somewhere and lose it. They won't. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless the teacher is going to fuss at them all day. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're gonna take it off, mm-hmm. or it's or, or, or it's just gonna or it's just gonna be sitting on their neck, mm-hmm. which they will be like, "What's the point?" Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm all for face masks, but kids aren't gonna wear them. Yeah, that's just reality. Mm-hmm. We in when the times that we had to leave and go somewhere, and we took TJ with us, it was a constant like, "Hey." Stop touching your face. Don't yeah, you, you got to have the helicopter over, and that's just one child. And his face is so, even with that, his face is so, he's so small. The child mask was even loose on his head. So, even it's not even fitting correctly. So, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And, again, teachers don't deserve, <laughs> they don't deserve yeah. to have to do this. They buy their own supplies. They beg people to uh, contribute to the classroom. They have to work on their own time, and now they have to put their health on the line. So they don't deserve this type of treatment, I guess you would say. Um, thinking about it again, just thinking about all the options. Uh, if if they can't open up fully, you know, it almost makes you just want to say, just shut down the school system. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see how virtual learning is going to help them. Like the kids, what do you want them to do? Sit in front of a TV screen or a screen for eight hours? That's what it becomes at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't like sitting in front of my computer for eight hours. It's not healthy. It's not what, it's not what you want. It's not what we want. It's not what you want. And I know it's like a, well, for the time being type of thing. Um, but, at this point, it's really, I feel like we would do better just doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. Honestly. And I'm just speaking for, from our perspective. One of the only reasons, like in the position that we're in with you being at home, mm-hmm. one of the main reasons that we sent him to the school system now is for friends. Social part. So right. The social. Uh, learning. If he's not getting that and the distance learning isn't working, mm-hmm. he, I mean, unless you're down there doing it with him, he's not really getting anything from these videos. Mm-hmm. So why? You know what I'm saying? If he's not getting the social, if he's not getting anything from the learning videos, why? Mm-hmm. What's the point? Yeah. So my question now is, since we, you and I already know what school he's he's enrolled in. So with the way that his school 
has things set up where they are wanting because of how what the size of the campus is they're wanting to have kindergarten through fourth grade on campus every day and they're able to split up the the classrooms in the much smaller sizes than the other schools are able to do how do you feel about that setup as a, the more I think about it just the more I don't like it mm-hmm. at all for any of it see how Phil is bothered by it I mean we he has to go out eventually right but just thinking about the way that it's going to be set up what do you mean so you have a mix of people mix of families mm-hmm. who all have mixed beliefs about what's going on mm-hmm. right People who are mad that they have to wear masks. Mm-hmm. People who are aggravated that they that people are mad that people aren't wearing masks, or you know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah. The people are on different ends of the spectrum. It's like a, it's really bipolar. Mm-hmm. Like people are really on polar ends with everything that's going on. Some people aren't going to pay attention. Some people are, mm-hmm. and some people are highly affected by COVID. Some people aren't. Mm-hmm. So you're you're almost bound. It's bound to spread. Yeah. So I feel like we're putting him out there to for it to for him to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, I I'm cool with the idea of him going back to school. Mm-hmm. I think that he actually needs it. I think he needs. To go back to school. With with that concept of the social part. And I was just talking to somebody about this earlier. I said, you know, we know the negative physical effects that the virus has. We already know that. I said, and I feel like not saying one's less important than the other. But it seems like in lieu of preventing a, a negative physical um, consequence, meaning the virus, it seems like mental and emotional um, well-being has kind of taken a back seat almost. We know that it's there. We know that it's there's been an effect, but the physical side has been much more labor-intensive in terms of where the attention is going because of how significant the impact is. And it's like, how do you maintain that healthy mental and, and emotional well-being while trying to protect the physical side of it? Because yeah. even today, he talked about, he he was telling, he said he missed Granny. Um, he kept asking me about when he can go have another play date with one of his friends. Um, he ke- keeps asking me about school. So, yes, I understand the concept of, you know, kind of keeping him home to, so, to prevent him from getting this virus. But I just wonder, and I understand he is only five. But I know his long-term memory has already kicked in. So he's going to remember this. I'm just wondering how this ripple effect is going to impact his social skills, his emotional well-being, and his mental well-being. Yeah. I think that he needs to go back to school. And I don't I don't want to be the person to get in the way um, of that. I believe that we'll be okay you know, no matter what happens, because mm-hmm. um, we really don't know. Right. But we can't live of. We can't be stuck here. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Right. So, 
even though I kind of feel like we're throwing them to the wolves, like uh, everybody's being pushed to that, that next stage of, you know, the next quarantine was built to have stages, right? Mm-hmm. Not to prevent, but to slow. Yes. So the next stage would be to push people back out so that more people actually get infected so that people, it can move through individual systems, mm-hmm. right? And that's hard to ex- acknowledge. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's just the design of quarantine. Yeah. It's not designed to keep you from getting sick. Which I think... That was the that might have been the initial reaction mentally that a lot of people had. Like, well, if I stay in the house and I'll never get sick, but it's like it's out there. This 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 virus is out there. It's not like the numbers are gonna because people ain't listening, so the numbers are not gonna go down to zero. If, if we had some type of herd immunity, that would be great. But now they're talking about coming up with a vaccine, which even when that pop off. Pretty sure majority, well, let me not say majority, a good portion of the population is not going to be jumping in line to get injected with a vaccine and ain't nobody been tested yet. I'll wait and see what happens to the first people. Exactly. (laughs) And so it's like we either stay hermits and never go anywhere and do anything or or at some point, you got to, you're going to have to, you got to venture out at some point. It it has to happen. He he has to go, especially... Uh, just from the standpoint of, you know, even if, let's say, we he was in a bubble mm-hmm. for the next year. And bubble boy. And the virus spread through, I don't know, 98% of America. Mm-hmm. And it's just about over, except for the 2% that were in bubbles. Mm-hmm. When those 2% go out into the public, then they're going to get sick. Because they've been in this bubble. This bubble. So he has to go back. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird. It's a weird feeling knowing that is. I'm I'm about eighty percent sure that he'll get sick, mm-hmm. and then at some point we'll all as as a family need to quarantine. Mm-hmm. The only my only hesitation is Aaliyah. Yeah, being so young. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing for me. Besides that, um, he he just has to go. Mm-hmm. He has to go back. I thought about that too. You know, there's there's always the online learning, which is nice that his particular school said you can opt in or opt out per quarter, right? Which is nice because if you want to just be like, all right, let's just wait a little bit, or if you want to be like, all right, let's test the water, see, oh no, people popping off positive, come on back, bring it on back, right? So, um, that's that's. That's what it, it is. What it is, you know. We're at, there's going to be some some point where it's going to come into the household. That's that's almost a given. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like the flu, kind of sorta. Like it's there. You can't really see it, but at some point somebody might get it. I mean, it's. I get what you're saying, but it's really not like the flu, because of the way that this one is set up, or you know. I don't. I don't want to say. I'm, I'm saying it in the sense of nobody quarantines during flu season. People still go about their lives and know I could get the flu, and if I do get the flu, I'm going to treat my symptoms, ride it out, and then go back to business as usual afterwards. When you get the virus, obviously you 
you can't, there's no medication you could take to get rid of it, but you have to basically let your system do what it does. And then afterwards, I mean, you're more mindful and careful afterwards, but if you get it, then you got it. There ain't really much you can do. Yeah, but I mean, the, the reason why I said it's kind of like the flu, but it's not, is because the flu doesn't shut your organs down. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what, there was, even this is, even at a mild state of having this virus, people don't, like, you literally don't want to move. Like, there's days where you, you wake up with zero energy. Mm-hmm. And I haven't had it, but this is just from the friends that I've been in contact with who have had it via phone, right? They'll wake up with literally no energy or maybe they'll have energy and then all of a sudden it's gone and they really f- just lay down right where they are. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Unless you're uh fighting it. And even afterwards, you're, you feel it in your lungs and in your organs. Like it literally shuts down your main organs. And for a child with still developing organs, and half of these kids have horrible diets. And that's something else I was thinking about, too. With with all these kid children with weak immune systems, horrible diets, and, you know, still developing organs. It can be dangerous, I guess, yeah. is the, for lack of better words. And I don't know, and I haven't read into it or whatever, but, you know, doctors and all these other specialist people have been talking about how kids, smaller children, are less likely to spread it. I mean, they could still get it, but I'm just like, why and how? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do know that (laughs) he has to go back because he needs it. He He needs going. He needs to go back. And, you know, I, I'm hesitant to say it because I know how dangerous this thing is. Mm-hmm. So I'm hesitant to say that he needs to go back and because it's dangerous. But he needs to go back more than he needs to stay inside and, and at the house that is. Because I almost feel like him not going, he would literally wither, wither away socially and emotionally. I feel like he would... When you have this type of isolation from community and peers and people who you, for his age, do life with, so to speak, when you lack that over long periods of time, in my mind, I would think that that would kind of trickle into some type of anxiety, depression, something along those lines. And that's how you start to trigger that autoimmune stuff. I don't think so. Not not with TJ. Because of the way that he's raised, I mean, the way that he's, the way that our life looks, like that doesn't, I don't see that happening. He's in constant interaction with Ooh. somebody. You, Atara, the baby, TJ's me. tired of us. He tired. No, he's not. Yes, he is. He's not. Have you asked him? Have you talked to him? Yeah. What do you say? He, I asked him, why do you want to go back to Serenity's house that much? And he just, Looked at me and shrugged the shoulders. I said, well, you need a break. He's like, well, a little bit. No. I, you, have to, I, you have to get into TJ's mind. Okay. So, like, I've been training with TJ. Mm-hmm. I call it training because it makes it feel more exciting for him. <laughs> right? Yeah. He's not tired of us. He wants 
He just wants his friends. Mm-hmm. Right? That's like uh, when I want to go hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean I'm tired of everybody in the house. Mm-hmm. I just want to go hang out with my friends. Yeah. That's it. TJ wants to go hang out with his friends. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, but having that want doesn't mean that he's going to deteriorate socially because of how we're raising him. Like he's constantly in interaction, like I said, with someone learning and growing. It's not like, you know, he's watching TV by himself somewhere. Mm-hmm. We, we go down to their level and do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. We'll watch the shows that they want to watch. And we all talk about whatever show it is mm-hmm. as if, you know, we're all like, this is what we want to do. Do you know how many times we listen to that Pokemon song today? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, that's what kids do. They wear songs out. But like, if we're all watching it and we are all commenting on it mm-hmm. right then, and as he grows, we continue to do that. Mm-hmm. He's constantly getting that social interaction. It's not the same as his friends because we don't sit there and, you know, go on and on and double over about whatever random thing they want to talk about. Yeah. Or we're not drawing dinosaurs with comments coming at him all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But. <laughs> he's not going to deteriorate because he ha- he's having these interactions. Like he's learning, he's growing at home. Even as it is right now, he's learning new things. He's learning what is right, what is wrong. Yeah. You know, he's getting like these wisdom points that you might not learn in the classroom, but are j- as just as important. Yeah. So he's not going to diminish. In any way, that's not that's not something that's in him. Okay, maybe you're right. It just seemed like he was sad. Well, he wants to see his friends. I mean, that's understandable. Kids want to see their friends. They want to hang out with their friends. Yeah, but I guess it. I guess my mindset is just coming from we. This is just the transition he's gone through. It's like once he gets comfortable or once he gets used to something, then something else changes. And so for him, he's just kind of looking for these other friends. You remember when we go to the playground and everybody was his friend and then the people he thought was his friend didn't want to play with him? Yeah. Super annoying for me to watch. And That's so, but That, that would have been his year this year anyway, though. Like the kids that he went to school with aren't going to be right, but at this to, next to talk about how much you miss school and then to have to wait even longer, it's just like, man. Yeah, he kids are more resilient than adults. I know. For him, this is normal. Mm-hmm. For us, we know it's not normal because we've lived through what we thought the experience should be. Mm-hmm. So we try to replicate that experience with them. But that's it's it's not it. Mm-hmm. So this experience is his normal. So it's not affecting him that way. Like for older kids, they're probably more so affected. Mm-hmm. But TJ's entire life has been transitioned. Yeah. Even if he was to transition into quote unquote normal, like that normal everyday, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever that normal is. 
you know, you you grow up with these friends all the way through school. If we want to say that's the normal, mm-hmm. he would have to transition into that. Yeah. Because of the way his life is mm-hmm. or the way his life has been. So, and that's actually what he is transitioning into mm-hmm. because this school is supposed to be long term. Mm-hmm. So it would have been a transition regardless, but he's all right. Yeah. And he will be, he'll continue to be all right. He has a, a good life. He's learning some things right now. Yes, he is. And he's, seems like he's taking the hard way, but as kids. Yeah. You hurt? I, I get it. It's, it is definitely different for me. So, cause it's not what we're used to. It's definitely not what we have to or go through. So. Yeah. I'm chilling though. Yeah. He'll be, he'll be all right. At the end of the day, um, I believe that he'll be good. Mm-hmm. So whatever we have to go through for that, we'll, we'll make it through to the other end of it. Yeah, we'll so we'll, we'll pray for him. Uh, if the school opens up, we'll let him out and see how it goes. Stuff starts popping off. Pull him right on back. Hey, pull him right on back. Cause I'm, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but wouldn't be afraid to do it. Well, to him again, like you said, this is all. This is his normal. He doesn't have a point of reference. So if for some reason we pulled him, he don't know no different. We'd be like, "Oh, you just don't have school for X amount of weeks. You go back, right? Whenever." So he don't know. He'll be all right. Well, y'all, we said all that to say. This is confidently free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you have just listened to another episode of the Becoming, Becoming One Podcast. podcast. All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace.